listening to Accent of the Podcast. Today, I hope you learned something new in English. In each episode, I interview a guest who has a distinct English accent. This gives all those English learners out there a variety of accents to listen to and try to understand. In this episode, you will hear from S.A. Grant, who is a growth strategist living in Atlanta in the United States of America. Hello out there. This is the last of our American Accent Trilogy, but don't worry because there will be more American accents because there are so many to cover. But we also have many other accents in the world that we need to hear from. Today's guest is S.A. Grant, and he is a growth strategist from the United States of America. His original career started in graphic design, and as a growth strategist, he tries to find ways to grow people's companies. So if you have a business idea, he can help find customers for you and ways to market your product. As I've mentioned before, this podcast is about natural conversation. And after listening back to the interview, I noticed that Essay used so many interesting words and phrases and I'd like to explain what they mean. If you were to go to Essay as a client with your company idea, he would try to grow your brand. So he would find out details about who you're trying to target. In the interview, Essay says that he wants to grow your brand from zero to 3,000. So what he means by that is at the moment you've got zero customers and he wants to try and get it to 3,000 customers or through social media, he could do that as well. Say if you have zero Instagram followers, he wants to grow that to 3,000 followers. Another word that SA used, and I love this term, he said a mosh pit of ideas. A mosh pit is something that we wouldn't have now because of COVID-19. However, when people used to go to concerts, there would be a standing area or a seated area. And the standing area is usually in front of the stage. And people jump up and down. When people are jumping up and down to music, and of course I'm saying rock music or hip hop, uh, not a classical music like an orchestra, people would jump up and down and that is called the mosh pit. So you would buy tickets to a concert either in the mosh pit or in the seated area. You will hear the word collage in today's interview. And a collage is a mixture of usually, I would 
do a collage as a kid with magazines and I would rip little parts of the magazines or colored paper and I would glue it onto white paper and I would call that a collage. So a collage could be photographs. You might take a couple of photographs and glue them all together on a page and create an art piece. You can use the word collage when you're talking to somebody about something that you're mixing all together or you're making something with a bunch of different ideas. The word playbook is also mentioned and that's not a word commonly used in Australian English and it's more known in American English. So if you have a business playbook, this contains all the parts and all the things about your company. So your process workflow, uh, what you're going to have your company do or your employees. So they would call this your playbook. I would like to highlight a word that SA used, which I would actually pronounce differently. So I would say root R-O-U-T-E, and S-A pronounced it as route. Now, sometimes I have pronounced this word as route. Um, I switch between the two, but you'll hear that. Some people might say route and some people might say route. Another common phrase that English speakers use is by word of mouth. Now, if somebody says that they heard of a company by word of mouth, that means that there was no advertising of that company. So somebody told them that this was a good business or maybe just someone on the street. It doesn't have to be a friend, but they heard it directly from someone from their mouth. So it's you haven't contacted this company because you've seen an advertising campaign, you are contacting them because you've heard that their company is great from someone who has told you directly or through other people. So that phrase again is by word of mouth. Have a listen to the interview and I'll go through some more terms at the end. Today I am speaking with S.A. Grant, who is a growth strategist and he is also the host of a podcast called Boss on Caged. And he's living in Atlanta in the United States of America. Welcome, S.A. Thank you. Thank you. Pleasure being here. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. So um, as we were talking, I'm just pretty much a hybrid. I mean, my original background was essentially in graphic design, web design, web development. And then from there, I kind of grew more into a strategist to where you know I kind of help clients with their business models, help them, you know, grow their brand from, you know, zero to 3000. And in addition to that, you know, while I was on that journey, I had an opportunity to start getting into publications. I started publishing books and then by default, you know, obviously I had clients that were pretty high profile clients that wanted to get into that space. And as I was working on their web design and graphic design and their strategies, then we added that as an additional item to kind of help them grow their brand more into the publication sector. And that's what led me into creating a podcast to just talk to small business owners. So when you're growing your business, is it only social media we can really use these days? What do we do? 
so it's 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 always been a, a mosh pit of ideas and, and and collaging things together but you have to really think about your market sector i mean who's your target audience if i'm looking at targeting a stay-at-home mom then you know she's pretty much going to be listening to podcasts, listening to the radio when she's picking up her kids. Or if I'm looking at targeting, you know, a 16 year old kid, then I'm going to start doing TikToks. It really comes down to the environment. So it's a mix of different things. Obviously more business professionals. It's a a great playbook to have a book in their back pocket, something nonfiction, a tutorial guide, a self-help information to give out to their target audience. So then I would go that route. Are you only working with people from the United States? Um, no, I mean, it's not limited to the U.S. I mean, really and truly, it's 100% of our business at this point in time is word of mouth. So it's just really whatever comes in. And if it's a good fit for both parties, then we're going to just jump on it and get it done. What's your success stories? Do you start small and gradually grow? So the success is, is like a ripple in a lake, right? So if you drop a ripple in, you may see multiple, multiple, multiple ripples that come out from that one drop, right? And that's the way I look at it. It's kind of like one thing leads into another that leads into another. So one client that we have has been a long-term client over like the past 10 years. His name is Dr. B and he's the owner and founder and the doctor of cbaby.org. And when we first started with him, we were more so just doing like web updates. And then that partnership grew from web updates to more strategy. And then that strategy then grew into, okay, like you're getting older. How do we transition your brand to the point to where we can give the information that's in your head and what you do for moms to someone else? So then we started talking about making C-Baby into a metropolis. And then we started working on that gradually. We started putting products in there. We started putting, um, started doing like presentations, started doing monthly seminars. And then finally, we got into the book publication to where he released his first book earlier this year. And, you know, that was a top seller when it first came out. So it was definitely a great experience for him to kind of see how the transition from just being a doctor behind the scenes to moving more so inside the limelight. In addition to that, we're getting ready to release his course. So he'll have a course to help other doctors understand his philosophies and help other midwives and doulas also take heed to what he's doing. So once the time comes and he decides to retire, then his philosophies will carry on. I was watching a TV show today on Netflix, and it was funny because one of the actors said, Americans, we invented social media. This person was explaining to a French person how they could help them because social media is american and they know everything about it is that true like as in that americans are really far ahead with social media are there a lot of companies that are quite good with these strategies so i guess you know america is just one of those countries that even currently with our current president we're really good at marketing whatever it is we're doing but obviously there's other countries that are doing it just as well as we are. And I mean, China is a prime example of a power cell that their social media platforms are essentially as large as ours by default because they're rule of numbers. I mean, for every one of us, essentially there's like 20 people in China. So just look at it from that standpoint, right? I mean, we have Amazon, they have their platform that's comparable to Amazon. We have Facebook and they have a comparable platform to Facebook. And what most people don't realize is that a lot of these U.S. platforms are essentially blocked in Asia. 
like you can't even use them in Asia. So to say that America is kind of like the the big wheelhouse of these social media platforms, I think we donned it, we we marketed it, and we put our our, our names on it. But in all reality, I think there's social media platforms on a global scale that vice versa, Americans don't even know exist. What about with your podcast, Boss on Cage? It's relatively new, isn't it? Yeah, I actually started it um, February of 2020. Oh, we both started at the same time. <laughs> yeah. So are you using a lot of your strategies while you're looking at your podcast and are you seeing these strategies work? Yeah, so – Part of those strategies is obviously, you know, being a brand name. And I always give the example of like Apple, not to say to get to Apple scale, but Apple has one of these timeless models. Apple itself is a brand. Steve Jobs is a brand. iTunes is a brand. All three of them are all intertwined. So I decided to kind of change my model to, to simulate that. So my Cerebral 360 is my agency, right? Chanel Grant or S.A. Grant is essentially the Steve Jobs. And then the Boston Cage is my iTunes. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. I sort of have a similar concept. <laughs> well, I have accented. And then I have my website, which is Kim's Law of English. Just a bit of play on words there. So my mm-hmm. name's Kimberly Law. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> But no, I'm not. I'm not at that status, or still, still in the hobby status at the moment. But who knows? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think I definitely love your podcast and what you're doing, and obviously, it's it's always a good thing to build your brand around what you're passionate about, because then that way it's not really work, right? You're, you're doing it because you love doing it. Yeah, the 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 whole thing, to be honest, actually started because we were moving to Canada. And my husband had a job over there and I thought, you know what, this is the time where I can do something where I don't have to rush into work. And I always wanted to start a podcast. I would never have launched this podcast if I didn't know we weren't moving. So it's all kind of crazy how everything's just happened. Everything happens for a reason. So, I mean, like you said, without COVID, you probably wouldn't have been a podcast host. No, I wouldn't have because I'm still working full time. <laughs> but I've done it now and it's like, wow, um, I'm really happy that I've done it. I've got to organize myself, um, you know, and as yourself, you're a family person. I guess you have to be highly organized with all these things and just, yeah, schedule everything. Yeah, to a certain extent. And, you know, I kind of include my family and in, in everything I possibly can, like, um, Sunday, we had a photo shoot with one of our clients and it was a full day photo shoot. But, you know, it gave me opportunity to bring the entire family out to the photo shoot and they can kind of just see what I do firsthand and, you know, have them engaged in the environment. Are your kids interested? Is this something that they would like to do? It's kind of weird because like my son, he's kind of a gamer and but he's always been in an entrepreneur environment. So we're in a blended family household and just to see him kind of become a teenager and now it's kind of like the the lazy mentality kind of kicks in right he kind of just wants to lounge around but when he was younger he had way more grit way more hustle to him and i'm just waiting until you know by the time he turns 18 19 that's probably going to come around uh, my stepdaughter she is a she's a hustler i mean she is literally always every time i turn around either i'm taking a package to ship off for her because she's selling it on one of these online platforms and then she's buying something and then using it for something and trying to create something else. So to her credit, I mean, she's definitely watching through osmosis, but I could definitely see the grind in her and, you know, she's only 
15. So that's, that's incredible. What is she selling? Is she making stuff? So she does a hybrid thing. So like she'll look around and any old shoes or purses that her mom doesn't want anymore. She'll find sellers for pretty much anything. Like literally if I have some old microphones or something, she's like, Oh, you don't need that no more. Okay. And then like two days later, she's selling it. Like, so she's really good at arbitrage is finding products and, and flipping in. And then we got her into for her birthday printing stuff. So she wanted to print covers for, um, iPhones, iPhone cases. So we got her like the printers and the emotion stuff to kind of do the heat press and all that stuff in her room now. That's incredible. That's really cool that she's doing that. I um, I have a colleague at work who said to me that what she was doing is when people put stuff out on the street, I don't know if you do this in the United States. You probably mm-hmm. do. We're very similar when um, you just want to get rid of your junk and the local council will come pick it up. So this colleague of mine, she goes around and I've heard that there's some sites, Facebook sites where they take pictures of stuff and say, hey, this is for free on the curb. Um, Come to this address if you want it. So people are really starting to recycle. And she found like 200 picture frames on the curb and then started making little pebble people and putting them in these picture frames and was selling them for like 20 or $30 because around Valentine's Day, she was just putting love hearts and making pebble stick people and people were buying it. I love it. I mean, it, that's, a, that's a beautiful formula. I mean, that, the statement always goes is that, you know, someone's trash is someone else's treasure. So, I mean, it, it's, it's proof in that pudding. I mean, if everybody would do that, I mean, think about it from this standpoint. If I'm looking for something that a particular microphone, for example, and this microphone is discontinued and it's not there anymore and they don't manufacture it, they don't sell it, and then I'm searching for it, it's probably in someone's basement not being used somewhere. It's just a matter of being at the right place at the right time and, and getting that deal. Yeah. You're right. Thank you for coming on the show today and chatting to us about your company and your podcast. Yeah, definitely. I definitely appreciate you having me. It was definitely a great conversation and a, a, a pleasure. And I love what you're doing with your podcast and just being able to help out uh, people that are trying to learn different lingos and different dialogue is definitely a fun item. It's fascinating um, to just hear different words that people use. So now I'm having fun doing it. <laughs> Great, great. Well, I definitely appreciate your time. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I like the phrase that SA used, like a ripple in a lake. So if you were to throw a stone in any water, what would happen is the stone would go into the water and then a ripple, like a circle, would appear around it and it would get bigger and bigger and bigger. So... If you have a new business, you would like it to be like a ripple in a lake. You would like it to grow and your customer base to get bigger and bigger. Another common word is limelight. So if you are someone that likes the limelight, that means that everybody can see what you're doing. You are the focus of the public. So you have the public's attention if you are in the limelight. I haven't heard this term used in Australian English. Essay said that his daughter was a power cell. Now, a power cell is a battery. So put that into context. If you are active,
acting or doing things like you're on a battery, that means that you're really dynamic and you can't or you can't or you won't stop. So if you're running on batteries, you are getting things done, you're really energetic and the word I used before dynamic, I think that really suits uh, someone who's running on batteries. The term flipping it was used in the interview. So if you are flipping something, that means that you are selling it. In your house, you might find something that you no longer want. So you're going to flip it. You'll put it online and you may sell it through eBay or Facebook or something like that. And that means that you're flipping something. You're going to sell it. I love this expression. The proof is in the pudding. Okay, so let me try and explain that. So let's use the Accented podcast, for example. If this is a good podcast, people will listen to it. And the proof is in the pudding. You need to try something to see if it's good. So you will know if it's good by trying it. And by the success of a product, we know that it's good. So at the moment, I'm going to continue creating the podcast Accented because I do have listeners out there. And if my listeners start to fall off, then maybe I will stop making it. I think I could actually spend about an hour discussing all the language used in the interview today, but I'll have to stop at this one. And this is another great English expression. Someone else's trash is someone's treasure. Now that was used in the interview. And when we say that, that means that something that I'm going to throw out that I no longer need anymore someone else might actually want it. And that is their treasure. Now, a treasure is usually associated, I find, with pirates. Pirates go and look for buried treasure, which is usually gold. So, my trash, and trash is uh, an American term. Uh, In Australia, we use the word rubbish, but trash is what you throw away. So, my trash which is something I no longer want, could be someone else's treasure. Thanks for listening to another episode of Accented. I'm your host, Kimberly Law. Accented is released on the 15th and 30th of each month. I would love to hear your thoughts, so please leave me a review on the podcast platform where you listen to the show. If you'd like to find out more about me or the show, please visit kimslawofenglish.com See you next time!